Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Great. Okay. So, we've concluded a series of um, I Am Who You Say I Am, and we sung the song just at the end. It's been a great anthem song that's sung around the world. And we've been looking at um, our identity, who we are. We've been looking at... um, the fear of man, how that can be a snare to us, and uh, we need to understand who we are, because once we understand who we are, what we've called to be, how we've chosen, we're not the last pick, we're the first pick, that then uh, it causes us to refuse the fear of man, because that's a snare, and it is. But today, in conclusion, what I want to do is just deal with this identity of what is God like? Who is God? So I wonder if we could just turn in our Bibles and everything will come on the screen to Romans in chapter 8 and verse 15 to 17. And I'm just going to read it from the, 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 the message, which is a contemporary version of the Bible. It says there, the resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. No, it's, it's, it's adventurously expectant. And it greets God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God, God's spirit, listen, this is carefully, God's spirit touches our spirits and it confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance let me come finish these verses we go through exactly what Christ goes through if you're going through trouble and difficulties Christ did don't don't fear but don't fear that that's what Christ went through if we go through the hard times with him then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him in this series of identity Like I said, we've been looking at a number of things. And uh, today is my joy to talk about who God is, who Jesus is. Now, let me just say to you, because I'm going to endeavour to teach rather than preach this morning, which is a little bit more unusual for me. And, um, but I'm going to use interchangeable words uh, of God and of Jesus, because at Arena Church, if it's your first time here or you're just coming into it, we believe in the Trinity of God. We believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so I'll be using interchangeable words. The other thing I want to say is this. I have literally half an hour to talk about, um, and, and we restrict ourselves because we want you to get home and enjoy the Sunday lunch. We want you to go and enjoy the sunshine and we want you to enjoy Liverpool beating Manchester United this afternoon. That may come back to plague me. Okay. What we want to do is just give you a chance. That's why we restrict it to time. But I have 30 minutes to talk about who God is and what is God like. And yet philosophers and theologians have deliberated over this subject for centuries and I have 30 minutes so what I'm going to do is a bit of a snapshot of who God is 
Because this is what it says in John 14, verse 9. Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anybody who has seen me has seen the Father. And what I want to say, first of all, when I talk about who God is, because there's two particular points I want to drive it to, but I need to just say this at the very beginning. I can talk out of this subject, really, my only... My only badge, my only certificate for being able to talk about this is because I know God personally. That's the starting point. I actually know him personally. Somebody was talking to me about a national leader uh, recently, in the last few months. And they were saying he's this and he was that and the other. And, and, And I actually said to that person, listen, he's none of those things. And they said, well, how do you know? I said, because I know this guy personally. Yeah. I've been in his home. I've, 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 I've had many lunches and breakfasts with him. Him and his wife. I've seen his kids. What you're describing is, is not who he is. And sometimes that's how we can be with God. We t- we, we're talking out of something that is known through a book or we've, we've learned about. But I want to say to you this morning that I talk to you about God and what he is like, not from a place of knowledge or learning, but from a place of experience. I know God. I I need to know him better. I think we can all know him better. I think as we just go on a day-by-day journey where we just spend time with him, we get to know him better. I mean, it was a glorious day when I finally really connected with Caroline, particularly in marriage, and you, you go through a courtship, that's a bit of an old-fashioned word now. I wish we'd introduce it again uh, a bit more. But we had a courtship, and that's where we got to know one another. And I thought I knew this lady, but I only really got to know her once I was married to her. And in, the interesting thing is, after 20, nearly 27 years, I now know her even more than I did when I started. Does that make sense? You get to know somebody personally. And interestingly, Paul, in these verses that we began with, he talks about God's spirit that touches our spirits. There's a touch. That we, that, and then we, begin, then we know. We know. There's a personal touch. And I'm going to lead you at the very end. If some of you are in religion, if you are as a result of confirmation, if you are as a result of child baptism, If you are here because this is what you do, as in you go to church, but you don't know him personally, I am believing that over the course of my time with you and at the end of our time together, that God's spirit is already touching your spirit and you will know him personally. And I will lead you into a prayer where you can know God personally. That's great news, isn't it? Because there was a man in the Bible, how do I know that this can happen personally? There was a man in the Bible Oh my goodness, he was our worst nightmare. He was our worst nightmare. He'd even call it, cause Elijah with those massive guns, okay, the man at the back. Okay, we all go, we've got a bit of a bromance going on with you actually, Elijah, with those uh, serious guns, sorry. I get distracted by all kinds of things. Uh, but, uh, you know, even Elijah probably would have been a little bit nervous about Saul coming into the church because there was a man in the Bible who was coming into churches like ours and he didn't like them because he was a religious man. He was a vindictive man. He didn't want anything to do with the Christians and the way and he was shutting these churches down and he was throwing people like you and I in prison. 
And, and he also was the first one who, who commanded the first murder to happen as they stoned one of the early disciples by the name of Stephen. And it says of this man that he was on his way to Damascus and he was with an entourage and he was going with the sole purpose of shutting down these Christians. But we read in Acts chapter 9 and verse 3 to 5 that Saul neared Damascus as he was on his journey and suddenly there was a light from heaven and it flashed around him. Now, some of you would love an experience of God like this. I want to tell you, I never had this. I just heard a guy preach like me who said I needed Jesus and something began to happen in my heart and I thought, he's right, I need Jesus. I'm a sinner, I'm lost. I don't want to spend my life just playing around with things. I want to live for him. I didn't have a flashing light. But this man did and some of you have. And this man had a flashing light and then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul replied, he already knew, who are you, Lord? And Jesus replied, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. The point that I'm making here is an example, a live example in in the first century of a man who has the touch upon his life. It was personal to him. He knew that he needed Jesus. He knew that he was running, going in the wrong direction. He knew that he needed to have an intimate connection with God. And God wants to know you personally. You can have all the books. You can have all the learning. You can go all to the seminary classes. You can do all that you need to do. But if you don't know him personally, you haven't got that first base foundation. So my basis for doing that, like I said, is because of me knowing him personally. But as I've gone over the years, I've also realized that he's many things. Listen, he has many names. Very quickly, we call him Lord. We call him Almighty. Who loves that film? Please don't fall out with it. Bruce Almighty. Who's ever seen Bruce Almighty? It's a funny film, okay? I think it has quite a clever, you know. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, so it's many names. Lord, Almighty. Some people call him King. Some people call him Jehovah. He's all those things. He also has many things that we need to understand about him. I'm going to use three very big phrases, and you'll need to listen to the podcast again if you've never heard them. But the first thing is this. These are not just clever words. These help me. These are what I've learned over the years. He's omnipresent, which basically means he's everywhere. The Bible says, where can I, where can I go from your presence if, if I go to the mountaintops? You're here. If I go to the valley bottoms... You're here. Wow. You know, it talks about God's presence filling everything in every way. Wherever you are, his presence. That used to get me. I remember a youth pastor talking to me and he used to say to me, you know, Christian, you know, don't be tempted to do anything bad because wherever you are, even if you're on the toilet, God is there. He used to run. But I understand what he meant. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. Secondly, he's omnipotent. He's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. Listen to me. I am concerned about the state of our nation. We need to pray for Brexit. We need to pray for the will of God to be done. But I am not worried. 
I am not concerned. I am not thinking the whole thing's going to come down because God has got the whole world in the palm of his hands. Why? Because he is all powerful. He is all powerful. If you are fearing, you do not need to fear. You just need to trust God. He's all powerful. When we don't know what is happening, he knows. He knows. And that comes with a, oh God, I'm just going to trust you. And thirdly, he's omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. There's been many times I have not known what to do. I have not known which way to turn. Not known the right way from the wrong way. Because both could seem right. Do you understand? Anybody resonate with what I'm talking about? But I've gone to God. And God has shown me very, very clearly this is the right way. Why? Because he is omniscient. He is all-knowing. Nothing escapes him. These are the things that I've learned about him. And this is why I have a confidence in God. Even in the midst of turmoil and trouble and difficulties and challenges, I can still say, God, this is what you are like. You are my God and I put my trust in you this morning. It also, what I've realized is he also has some other names, some Hebrew names, which I won't bore you with, but they call him God our shepherd because he's leading the sheep. He's God our healer because there is healing in his name. He is our refuge. He is God our refuge. He's the one that we can trust in when everything around us is shaken. He's our provision. He's got our provision. He's our Jehovah Jireh when we haven't got enough money and we, Caroline and I have been there, particularly in the early part of our journey. We had very little. But God was our, our, our Jireh. He was our provider. He is God our protector and so much more. He's also described, I'm helping you here. I said I was going to give you, I hope it's not like a teaching lesson, but there's many faces of God. He's described as an eagle. He's described with the face of a man. He's described as the face of an ox, which all have different connotations. Eagle, excellence, man, humanity, ox, servanthood. But I want to focus on two faces this morning. And I really want you to get these in your mind. What is God like? Because I just get a sense, even with the flow of the service, some of you really need to get this. Who is God? What is God like? Well, there's two faces that he describes him in the Bible. They describe him as both the lion and the lamb. Both the lion and the lamb. And these are images that are used to describe God. Let me give you one with regards to the lion, first of all. Revelations 5, verse 5, in that book that everybody thinks is really crazy, don't they? Revelation, whenever you mention Revelation and 666 and number of the beast and all that, people get a little bit freaky and whatever. I want to say there's just some wonderful, wonderful truths here. And we see a picture. We see a picture because it's exactly that. It's a revelation. It's a vision. And he sees a group of people and he says to them, do not weep. Verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. This is speaking about Jesus, a description of Jesus. They described him as a lion. Why a lion? 
Why a lion? Well, the lion is majestic. The, the lion is regal. There's, there's a royalty factor to the, the lion. The lion is powerful. The lion is majestic. The lion is fearsome and strong. There's been times when I've walked into context and everybody thinks I'm bold and I am absolutely inside. You understand? You put the fr- phrase there. I am wetting myself. That's a nice way. I am just like, oh, oh. we've got to go and deal Deal with things. I won't go to illustrations because that might freak you out. But you're just having to walk into some things. But it's at that moment when I call out to God, God, yeah. you're, you're the lion. Yeah. You go before yeah. me. What are you facing? What are you facing today? Yeah. That you need the lion. Right. Wait, do, you, do you need the lion? Yeah. Is there some situations that you're walking into? You just need the lion. I want to say he's the lion for you. He's your lion. He's not just a lion. He's your lion. He is a lion of the tribe of Judah. I want to tell you, I spoke a number of weeks ago. He has a roar. There's the roar of the lion. He's powerful. He's strong. I'm not talking about some macho thing, tearing our shirts off. Really? For your eyes only. For your eyes only. We, we want to fill the church, not empty the church, Josh. That's the first lesson. You're here to fill it, not empty it, mate. Okay. The lion is strong. He's powerful. The lion leads. Are you getting it this morning? There's so much more that I really could unpack about the Bible, but I want you to get that picture of the, of the powerful lion. Not a literal lion, but the strength of a lion. This is what it says in Psalm 145, verse 17. Because the lion is righteous and true. And it says the Lord is righteous in all of his ways. And he is faithful in all he does. Some of you need to just underline that. He's righteous in all of his ways and faithful in all, of his, in all he does. And also the, 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 it talks about in Psalm 7 verse 11, God is a good judge. He's a good judge. He's a lion. He will judge. He will bring judgment. He will bring judgment. The lion will bring judgment. That's why people said, I can't believe that a loving God would send people to hell. He doesn't. He provided a way. I'll come on to it in a minute with a lamb. But let me tell you, he is a righteous judge. And he will bring judgment. He will bring judgment. That's not to fear us. He will bring judgment upon us. He will judge every deed. And particularly if you're a Christian, he will judge not your sins. He will judge what you did with the life that you were given. How did we live this life? Massive. I was thinking of these words only this week because it's not really resonating in my heart that story of I want to get before God, good and faithful servant. He is righteous. He's a judge. And it says in John 1 verse 14, describing Jesus, it'll come on the screen. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. The line is full of truth. Full of truth. And I want to declare something over Arena Church. And it's just a reality. It's not a first thing. This is what we stand for. Sometimes some of you may not understand our decisions because they're lion decisions. Not lying. Lion. Calls have to be made. We always want to have the lion and the lamb. But let me tell you, some people misunderstand my kindness for weakness. Because there's also, I am very much, I'm into the lamb. 
But there's also the lion. And Josh and Helen will, and the team will need to do that at times. And I am thankful that there's been times when a lion spirit has rose up and challenged me. And it's caused me to just move in a different direction that has been helpful to my life. Can I hear an amen? That's called discipleship. It's not all cuddly or nice. It's nice. It's nice. And we just sweep everything under the carpet. And oh, it's lovely at arena. It is lovely at arena. But it's, we want the lion. And we also want the lamb. Let me talk to you about the lamb just in these few moments that I've got. Because he is the lamb. He is the lamb of God. The Bible describes him, John, I think it was John the Baptist who said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Oh, he is the Lamb of God. We've talked about the lion, but he's also the lamb. He has the gentleness of a lamb. He has the tenderness of the lamb. He has the love of the lamb. I love this picture. I really do. The lamb is a symbol of sacrifice, simplicity, and surrender. Why do I say those things? Well, be the Old Testament, and we see that in the, uh, yeah, in the Old Testament, as they wanted to find purification for their sins, they would bring often a lamb without spot, without blemish, without defect, and they would sacrifice it on the altar. The priest would on behalf of the sins of the people. But we see that in the New Testament, Jesus became That's why it was announced, look, the Lamb of God. That's why I use that language. He is the ultimate sacrifice. There doesn't need to be any more sacrificing of animals or the shedding of blood. Because the blood has already been shed of the perfect Lamb. His name was Jesus on Calvary for each and every one of us. He is the Lamb who came and sacrificed of himself. In Romans 2 verse 4, it says that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. This is the kindness of the Lamb. The Lamb comes to an undeserving people. We're all undeserving. We're all filthy. We're all wretched. And if you don't think you are, then actually it talks about you being a fool. Because we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We really have. Every single one of us. You're looking at the worst of the worst. You know, really... But God came and he, and, he, and he provided a way of escape. And his kindness was demonstrated at Calvary. And it was to bring mankind into repentance. Ephesians 2 verse 5 says, It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Somebody cuts me up in the road. I want to do away with them. I'll just, they need to get off the flipping road. Anybody else know what? what? They, they don't know how to drive. They didn't need to go back to driving lessons. And I'm, I'm flowing in. I'm so glad God didn't treat me like that. He didn't lose his temper with me and do away with me. Instead, read it. He was immense in grace. This is the Lamb. He was immense in grace. I'll, I'll, I'll just stay where we are, but the, the grace of God is, is God given to us. That which we don't deserve. We don't deserve the grace of God. The mercy of God is God withholding from us that which we do deserve. We, we, we deserve judgment. We deserve death. 
but he withheld the, that's the mercy of God but the grace of God is that he pours it out upon us when we're undeserving and he pours out grace and he pours out blessing and he pours out favour anybody experienced those things over their lives that's the that, oh absolutely Josh that, that is the wonderful gospel and good news of this message that we preach because he's rich he's immense in grace and mercy and with an incredible love let's carry on he embraced us and he took our sin dead lives and made us alive in Christ. Does anybody need the lamb this morning? Does anybody need the lamb this morning? If I can t- be honest and vulnerable, I need the lamb this morning. I need the lamb. I need the tenderness of God. I need the love of God in this moment, in this season where I'm at. And we need the lamb. But you might need the lion. He's here. But if you need the lamb, listen to me, he's here. And this lamb is not some stupid animal. Don't get that image out of your mind. I'm talking about the qualities, the love, the tenderness of a lamb. This is God. This is the God that I know. And in conclusion, before we just watch a video, just in these last few minutes... I just need to say something to you that really connects great with what Jared said. Because many of us have lived this lie. And the lie is, God, when we talk about what is God like, we have these images, whether it's through how we was raised, the books that we read, the films that we watched, the people that we heard. And, the, and, and what we had was that God was angry with us. That God didn't like us. That God was watching our every move. What I mean by that, and He was ready to just pick up, you know, be picky. God wants us to live right. That's the lion. But He's also the lamb. And if you've lived with this sense that, you know, God's against you, God doesn't like you, God's angry with you, I want to say that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell itself. I want to tell you. He loves you. I don't know how I can express it anymore, guys. He loves you. He just loves you. Each and every one of you. Even where you're at. Even though you may not be getting it right. He loves you. And nothing, nothing, nothing will stop his love. Because the Bible says nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. He loves you. You know, Jesus... With regards to our sins, we say there's no way out. I love what J. John said about sin and about Jesus. He said, Jesus came to rub it out, not rub it in. You know, your sins, he didn't come to rub it in. He came to rub it out. And I pray that this platform would always be a platform. Every arena platform would be a platform of grace. Where we, where we express both the lion and the lamb. Psalm 36, verse 5 and 6. I'm going to finish with this and then we're going to watch a video. God's love is meteoric. His loyalty is astronomic. Some of you need to just know this today. His purpose is titanic. His verdicts are oceanic. Yet in his largeness, nothing gets lost. Not a man, not a mouse slips through the cracks you're not 
the last pick. Some have presented Christianity as primarily what we do for God, but this is not the gospel of good news. The good news is that we, although we should be punished because of our sins, God, who is rich in mercy, in truth, dealt with our punishment through his Son and poured out his grace upon us so that we can be saved, forgiven, and free. And God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. Would you just give me three more minutes to watch a great video? Isaac, in particular, couldn't believe this video. He's not seen it before. It's an old video. It's at least 25 years. Some of you may have seen it and they've jazzed it up and we'll play it loud, okay? But this guy, you'll hear him, is now passed away, he's in glory, uh, Dr. Lockeridge, and he was invited to address a group of pastors in prayer. And this is his prayer. Spontaneously. I need to just say that, spontaneous prayer. I, I wish I was as spontaneous as this man. But anyway, so let's run it, because this man knew. This man who knew, knew who God was. Let's run the video. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> wow, I wish I could describe him to you. Wow, amazing. I wonder if we just bow our heads in prayer. Whatever you need this morning.